turn with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. We'll start our reading there in verse 35. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 verse 35. The title of the sermon this morning is Peace Be Still. Mark chapter 4 starting our reading there in verse 35. And the same day when uh, even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had uh, sent the multitude, uh, away the multitude, they took him, even as he was, in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and of waves, beat upon the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder parts of the ship, asleep on a pillar. And they wake him, and saith unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so afraid, uh, fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And the fear, uh, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you today for your word. Lord, with my sins confessed before you, I pray that I would be your instrument this morning, that I would be, that I would uh, decrease, that you may increase, that you would use me uh, in spite of myself, that you would hide me behind the cross, Lord. I pray that Satan would be barred from this place in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that Christ would be exalted this morning in your house, that we would put aside and you would help us by the moving of God, the Holy Spirit in our lives, that you would move away all the thoughts of this afternoon or what we're doing after church or what's coming up tomorrow. And Lord, that we would be focused in your word and uh, as the Holy Spirit moves and applies it to our hearts. So Lord, you work upon, uh, within us, move upon us. It's in Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Story starts out here, what has happened? A great multitude had gathered. Christ had been preaching. And they're deciding we're going to go over to the other side, the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, uh, the Sea of Galilee, Galilee was known for this and is still known for it today that in just a split second, a great wind will come upon. I mean, a raging storm can fall. It sets in a deep valley that flows all the way into the Mediterranean Sea and it's like a wind tunnel. And just out of nowhere, if a little cloud comes up, this, uh, the Sea of Galilee will start getting all this turmoil and the wa- uh, waves will rage and the wind will be great and soar across this sea. And that's what's happened. They've all gotten into a boat. Jesus has gotten into a boat. And they're starting across the Sea of Galilee. Now I want to tell you, now these are not people like me. These people own boats. These are fishermen. They know what the Sea of Galilee is like. They know how horrible the storms could be. And during this time, this great storm comes up and everybody thinks, we are goners. Now, fishermen now, they know what a storm is. 
Now, man, you may have been in a boat and a little wind comes up and say, boy, it's a pretty good storm. Now, these men knew what a storm was. They had lived their lives on this sea. They knew what a great storm was, and they're fearful for their life. And Jesus was asleep during this storm. Does not our Lord care that a storm's upon us? Jesus is asleep. Not only that, Jesus knew that the storm was coming when they got in the boat. He was not surprised that the storm had came upon them. No, He knew that a storm was coming. Does God not care about this storm? Not only that, when He knew that the storm was coming, He let everybody load up in boats and take off. He led them right into the fierceness of this storm. Does the Lord not care? Same can be said today. Storms of life. You may be in a storm right now or you'll be heading into one. It's just the way that it is. And you know storms come in many shapes and forms. A lot of times storms come in a, a way that affects our health. That we're not able to do the things we once were. Or sickness comes upon us and our body gets weakened in that. And this great storm has come upon us. Does God not care? Or it can maybe be the health of a loved one. And so often we forget this aspect of storms. That if a loved one gets sick and those who are involved in that trying to care for that loved one. And we'll feel that helplessness. That I'm not going to be able to do anything for them. I'm helpless. Does God not care? Maybe it's family problems. Maybe it's marital problems between a a husband and his wife. And you know when the family problems come up, you know there's no peace anywhere. You can't get peace at work. It's always there. A great storm has come upon your life. Maybe it be with a child that uh, has went away or strayed away and there's so much turmoil and you just can't get that off your mind. And it's a great storm with mighty winds blowing and great waves crashing in upon you. Does God not care? Now, not all storms that you'll face, not all of them are a punishment. Now, we know that there are times that storms, we bring storms upon ourselves, amen? We can look back and say, boy, I got this one. And we see that in the story of Jonah. We remember God told him where to go, and he went the opposite way. And he brought a great storm upon his life, and that storm, and in this story, he knows why the storm's there. Jonah's in the boat asleep now. Because he knew it was his fault that this storm, this judgment was being rained down upon this boat. But a lot of times the storms we face has nothing to do with a punishment. It has nothing to do if we've done something wrong. It's just a part of the fall of man. It's just the way it is. Just the way that it is. But this morning, I want us to take a closer look at storms. This passage will show us how we should react during a storm. And a storm is coming in your life. You may be in it now. If not, you believe it's coming. Look there with me in verse 38. He was in the hinder parts of the ship. This is Jesus. Asleep on a pillow. And they awake him. And saith unto him, Master, careth thou not 
that we perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the wind, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and uh, there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? You know, fear calls their faith to falter. Do you know that fear is always what causes our faith to falter? You see, it's, a, it's an opponent of faith. Fear is an opponent of faith. And as human beings, the first thing when we get into these storms in life, when things are not going right, the first thing that we always want to do is just get scared. Amen? What in the world is going to happen now? This is a bad deal here. I don't know how I'm going to be able to get out of this. And we're fearful right off the bat. And you see, that's not faith. And I see it in this story here. And we're going to back up and look at verse uh, 35 real quick. And it says, In the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, this is Christ talking, Let us pass over unto the other side. You see, They failed to claim the promises of the Lord. Jesus in this passage of Scripture didn't say, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go over here about a quarter of the way in. We're going to get in a storm. We're all going to sink. That's not what he said. He didn't say, hey, let's go halfway across the Sea of Galilee. That's not what that passage says. He didn't say, let's go three quarters. You see what Jesus said in this? He said, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. See what he said in that? You see, they did not claim the promises of the Lord. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And if Jesus tells you, you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. Now, you may not get there the way that you thought you would. And you may not look the same when you get there. But if Jesus says, we're going to the other side, praise God, you're going to get to the other side. That's what he said. They didn't claim that promise of what Christ had already said. He said, we're going to the other side. But then also, they failed to rely upon that promise. I believe we do this a lot. Well, I know it doesn't matter what it is. Jesus will get me through it. Now, that's claiming the promise that he says he will. But then we don't rely on the promise. You see, we can claim it but not rely on it. We say, Jesus said he's going to get me to the other side. I don't know what I'm going to do. See, he didn't rely on the promise. You see this, look in verse 36. And when they'd sent the... uh, Away the multitude, they looked even at him even. And he was in the ship, and they were also with him of the little ships. See, they didn't rely on the promise. Jesus is in the boat. Jesus didn't tell them, hey, I tell y'all what, y'all load up, I'm going to stay over here on the bank, get me some shut-eye over here, and I'll sleep. And then the storm start raging when you got in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. No, Jesus said, let's load up in the boat. Us, let's get in the boat. We are going to the other side. You see, Jesus is in the boat with them. Where you and I fail so many times in these struggles of life is we'll say, I know God's going to help me through this. But we never claim that Jesus is right there with us. We fail to grasp and rely upon that great promise. That he'll never leave us nor forsake us. I'm going to say something about that verse. Praise God. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But Jesus is just not with us. Jesus Christ is in us. He's always there. He's always in the boat. He's always by our side. 
You know in this day and age that we have, churches are trying to figure out how we can get young people to church. We're trying to figure out how we can keep the older people in church. We're trying to figure out how we can meet the middle, uh, the middle age people. We're trying to figure out how we can get to this age group, this age group, this race of people, uh, this economic group of people. We're trying to figure all these things out. Well, I'm going to tell you what. A Bible-believing church is not a sinking boat today. We see that there is a great falling away from the church. I'm going to tell you, Christianity is always the opposite flow of this world. To live a life as a child of God, you'll have to swim in a different direction than everybody else is going. It's always an uphill battle. It's always going to be a different direction. You know, the Lord tells us two roads, two foundations. You see, we'll always be going in a different direction. You know, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is always against the flow. It always moves in an opposite direction of this world. So what the many churches that call themselves churches have done today, they say, well, I tell you what, we're just going to start conforming. You know what? There's certain things the Word of God says. If we bring those out, we won't get this age group to come. If we start standing on this principle right here that the Word of God has laid out before us, it's going to be hard for anybody to stay hooked up to that. We can't build a church on just doctrinal, theological, uh, 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 simple Bible preaching. It's just a little too harsh. People can't take that anymore in our society. Everybody's looking for a complex, and we sure don't want to give them one when they get to church. So churches have started complying and conforming to this world. So what they've done, they've actually watered down things. I don't know what you had for breakfast this morning, but let's just assume that you allowed me to cook your breakfast this morning, which may be a mistake, but we'll digress. I had eggs, sausage, biscuits, gravy, hash browns, and I laid all that out before you. And you started digging into it, and then I got the milk out. And I poured you a half a glass of milk, and I went over to the water faucet and filled the rest of it up with water. You know what you're going to remember? That watered-down milk. Who would want that? Who wants to drink a Coke that's been open for a week? Anybody? It's lost its fizz. It's lost its taste. Today we are trying in many churches to water down the gospel. Just water it down. Let's make it where everybody can come and feel comfortable with it. You know what? I want to pastor a church that just loves Jesus. I want to pastor a church that, uh, like I myself, I know that I'm a sinner that has come short of the glory of God, but I've been redeemed by the grace of God through my Lord Jesus Christ. I know that it is a struggle for me every day that I get up to be Christ-like because it isn't in my nature. It's going against my grain and it's a struggle for me to pick up my cross and bear it every day and look just like Jesus. I just want to pastor a church that loves Jesus. I want to pastor a church that's not concerned and think church is something about entertainment on Sunday. Not thinking it's supposed to be a concert when I get here and that I've got to just feel real good about myself and how good I've done this week when I leave. 
Because a close examination, when we study the Word of God, it'll show us in a comparison to Jesus Christ who we are, and you will fall short. I want a church that just rears back and claims and relies upon the infallible, inherent, unchanging, unmovable, unshakable, and unwavering Word of God during good times, bad times, all times, when I feel good, when I feel bad, when it's a dark day, or when it's a sunny day. Just stick to the Word. Rely on it. Grab a hold to God's promise and just live it the way God said to do it. And when my life falls short, fall to my knees and ask God to forgive me of that sin... Pick me back up and make me stronger and push me on to glorify you in my life. That's what church is. Just that. I believe today that men are to stand behind God's pulpit. I believe that our Sunday school teachers, I believe every blood-bought child of God is to approach this world today like not all of them is going to make it to heaven with us and tell them that we all are sinners come short of the glory of God, but there's a God that loves us and through His grace sent His Son to live a perfect life, die on a cross, raise from the grave in three days, and seek to save that which is lost. And praise God, you can find Him. Just grab a hold to that promise. That's what's needed today. That's what's needed. So I see there are some positives, though, that come in a storm. You may say, well, I don't know about any positives. Storm's rough. Of course it is. So let's look at some of the promises, I mean, the positives of this storm. Look in verse 40. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Jesus is in the boat with you. Jesus is in the boat with you. I'm going to make it to the other side. How can you not have any faith? You know, a storm, if we'll face that storm correctly, can make us stronger. You know how faith is tested? You know how faith is built? Just start having your faith tested. Just keep studying faith and your faith will get stronger. And that's what happens in this storm. We're fixing to see it. It all uh, uh, put together here. But also this storm makes us experience His power. Jesus steps up to go wake Him up. He walks out and says to the wind and the waves, He rebuked it. And said, peace, be still. You know what happened then? It stopped. It stopped. You know, I remember there's times that we see Jesus. He's walking through uh, cities and a blind man came to him and he said, now you can see. What happened, Brother Charles? Got his sight, didn't he? There's times that lame people were there and Jesus Christ touched them and they were uh, cured of that. There were times that he was confronted by lepers and he touched them and they were healed. There was a time that I remember that he went into a garden there with two sisters that were weeping in most of the town over a man that had died and Jesus tells them to roll back the uh, stone. And they said, well, hold up, Lord, he's been dead a lot of days here, three days. You don't want, he's going to stink. Don't pull him out of there. And Jesus Christ said, Lazarus, come forth. And I believe today the reason he said Lazarus, if Jesus Christ would have just said come forth, the whole place would have got up. That's the authority in which he has. You know why he has that authority? He's the creator of all of it. He's the creator of all of it. 
Why would you and I get into the middle of a storm and not say, Lord, you control all things. You know all things. I'm just going to depend on you. I'm going to grab a hold to you and I'm going to come through it and go to the other side because you are Lord of all of it. We just fail in that. Shows us His power. But also it shows us His love. You say, well, I don't see it in here. Well, let me tell you this. Now we know that there's a great wind. That's what it says. Great wind's blowing. And it says that the boat's taking waves on it. It said it's just about full. Jesus Christ in His humanity was wore out from the day that He had just spent with the multitudes pressing Him on every side. He had got into this boat, laid down, got Him a pillow, and it fell fast asleep. The storm couldn't even wake Him up. Water dripping down on him. Couldn't even wake him up. But yet when his children called his name, he woke up. You see that in that story? All the raging that sea was doing, being tossed about. Jesus Christ was on a pillow asleep. And it wasn't until his children called out for him that he awoke. kind of reminds me of mothers being wore out with a child that may have been sick crying have worn themselves out taking care of this child they lay down weary not a bunch of sleep and just a little wine just a little noise of that child and they awake. That's who Jesus is. That's what Jesus is showing us here that he's always there for his people. Always there. He didn't awake until the ones he, that uh, he loved came to him. But also I see that storms can further his kingdom look there with me in verse 36 when they had, uh, had sent away the multitude they took him even as he was in the ship and there were also with him other little ships you see through their problem through this storm it drove them to Jesus. See the benefit of that? During this hard time in their life, during this struggle that had come upon them, during this great storm that arose out of nowhere, it drove them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as this storm has raged against them, they went to the Lord Jesus Christ. He came up and He said, Peace be still. And it all stopped. The storm stopped at His voice. What a testimony we have in Jesus. You see, the message of who Jesus is, the testimony of what Jesus has done, it went from the main boat to the little boats and then got to the bank. See the witness of this story? 
You don't believe that these sailors, after they were on here, these fishermen, if they got off this and that storm had slicked off, it said that they were fearful when they seen what happened. They were afraid to see what Christ had done. They're saying, what manner of man is this? Who can do this? You believe when they got to the bank, they told the story again. Amen? You see the testimony in that? You and I should have that same testimony. If you and I today, if you and I know that we're going to get to the other side, Now, it might not be the seas that you thought it was going to be. It might not be smooth sailing to get to the other side. But once you have placed your trust in Jesus Christ and He has made God uh, your heavenly Father through His saving power, you believe this, you're going to make it to the other side. But you should have a desire in your heart to carry as many with you as you can. There should be a witness in your heart of what Lord has done to you or for you in your life and you should desire that many come with you. Tell the story of who He is and what you've seen. So often in these storms as they rage around us if we'll get our focus right Say, you know what, I'm going to cling to the promises of God in this storm. I'm going to rely on those promises in this. A lot of times I believe Jesus calms us in the storm. Maybe our first prayer should be when that storm rages against us. Maybe that first prayer should be, Lord, I know that you own all things. I'm going to depend on you. You've promised you in my, your word. I'm going to get to the other side. I'm going to grab a hold of that. I'm going to rely upon your word that's going to carry me to the other side. And Lord, I need a calming in my life because I know you're in the boat and you're going to carry me over there. Calm me down in the storm. Calm me down in the storm. And I'll ride it out with you however bad it gets. But you calm me in the storm. As I said at the onset of the sermon, I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what you've got going today, tomorrow, or at the middle of this week, or at the end of it. I don't know what you'll face by this afternoon, or even in the next 30 seconds. But there is an answer for us. Let's just load the boat with Jesus. Let's just grab a hold to God's word and say, you know what, I'm just going to believe God at his word. And I'm going to rely on him to get me through the next 30 seconds, the next 30 minutes, the next 30 hours, and the next 30 days. I'm just going to depend on him to carry me through on it. I'm just going to hold a hold to those nail-scarred hands because he's never left me nor forsaken me. And I'm going to do whatever he would have me to do. And when that storm rages up against me, I'm going to have a witness that others could look upon me and say, how could they be so calm in the storm? And I can say, because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And Jesus is in the boat with me. Let her rage. Let her come upon me. I'll weather the storm with my Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and Lord, with the congregation that's here, I know that there are issues going on in people's lives, hardships, disappointments, and struggles. Lord, I pray that through your word this morning that you will move in their hearts, bless them Lord that they would seek you in all things and Lord that you would become so real to them in their lives that they know that they're in your presence 
So, Lord, you just bless them with that. Lord, you bless us with your presence during this time of invitation that we'd be obedient to whatever you would have us to do. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. I'm